0: Hello, and thank you for clicking to listen. At the moment, we are looking for inspirational senior leader mentors for our fellowship programme for Leaders with Young Children. So if you know anyone who is an inspirational person, senior director or partner, who has lived experience of forging that senior career alongside young children and who could support one of our Leaders with Young Children on the fellowship programme, please do send them my way. They can apply on leadersplus.org.uk forward slash mentors. And of course, if you're listening and you fit that profile, please do consider applying. Welcome to the Big Career Small Children podcast. My name is Verena Hefty, and I believe that no one should have to choose between becoming a CEO and enjoying their young children. For far too long, brilliant people have found themselves stuck on the career ladder when they have children. And that leads to gender inequality and the same stale, mostly male, middle class people leading our organizations. We must change this. And I hope that many of you listening to this podcast will progress to the most senior leadership roles possible where you make decisions that make our world a better place. Thank you for listening. Beyond the podcast, I am the CEO and founder of the Social Enterprise Leaders Plus. You can find out all about our work on the website and the best way to be kept in touch with things is the newsletter on leadersplus.org.uk forward slash newsletter. Today I am interviewing one of my favourite guests of all time on the podcast, Geraldine Butler-Wright, Chief People and Culture Officer, who has recently returned from her second maternity leave and got straight into a new, exciting, big job. We talk about how to job hunt using your network and how she did that during maternity leave and also how to make those first hundred days in your job count without exhausting yourself.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me, Verena. Yes, it has been busy. My daughter now is three and we have a little son now who is um, 11 months old. He wasn't really even a twinkle in our eyes um, the last time we spoke. So a lot has happened and I'm I'm in a new role now as well with uh, Stream Elements as their chief people officer. And in what sector is Stream Elements? What do they do? Yeah, so it's performance marketing for creators. So people who create within the, the gaming world. So creators on YouTube or Twitch, for instance. So it's helping creators get paid for playing the games that they do and uh, aligning them with, with various sponsorships. So that's what the company does. It's a very, very cool company. Fantastic.
0: Am I right to understand it's what people call a scale-up? So really fast-growing, quite techie, very, very intensive environment. Yeah,
1: for sure. So we're 160 people at the moment. We're an international company, we global. We hire from all over the world. So, and our teams are remote first. We do have headquarters in uh, Tel Aviv, in Israel. It's a very fast-paced organization. We're dealing with, you know, a, an incredible, incredible uh, proposition. We have some incredible personalities as well that are working in that space. So, it's a high-engaging environment. Being in the people we work with, both as clients and as, you know, my my colleagues are so, you know, smart. Very switched on people and really fun. I feel fortunate
0: to be in that environment. And I've asked you this question before, and you, I'm sure you can't remember what you answered at the time, but I'm going to ask it again. What do you know now about combining an ambitious career with young children that you didn't know before? What's the most important thing that you know now that you've changed your mind on? Go easy on yourself.
1: Hey, that's the number one thing. So be really. Good at self-care now self-care doesn't mean having to go to a spa for a day would be that would be really nice. Find bite-sized pieces of self-care um, each and every day. So for me, that is making sure I just do twenty minutes yoga about three or four times a week if I can, first thing in the morning once the children have gone to nursery and making sure I have a nice relaxing bath and hits one for about twenty minutes. and that book of self care keeps me sane. It's, you know, you, you can't pour from an empty cup. I love this phrase. I think it's a superb phrase and it's really making sure that those levels are topped up because you've got to be at your best so you can be the best for your children, your family, your partner, and of course, your workplace. You know?
0: Mm. It's interesting that I asked you that question about family and career, and the thing that you mentioned first is the self. And that's so, so true. But sometimes it feels like an indulgence and it really shouldn't.
1: It's so easy to deprioritize yourself, but you're doing nobody any favors, let alone yourself, but everybody else around you that, you know, you're, you're there to support and help. So it's, it's essential that you look after yourself in just the smallest of ways mm. and make time for
0: that. And that's something that I've, I've really learned
1: mm. is, is incredibly important.
0: Absolutely. Um, you started job hunting, as I understand, while you were on maternity leave. A lot of people report that their confidence drips, uh, dips during maternity leave. Mm. Did you experience that as you started job hunting or not really? It's happened twice, right? So the <laughs> first of all,
1: was when global pandemic hit and there was emerging acquisitions with Yulia um, uh, with, with and all of the operations were moved over to South Africa. So business sense, totally get it. You know, I found myself looking for another role when thousands of applications were actually uh, being sent into roles. So the role I secured with healthily, I was later told by the recruiter that there was an excess of a thousand people who for that role. So it was really very competitive and it was, it was tough. The situation this time around was, it was just more of a case of uh, an opportunity came available through my network that was really interesting and i sort of started thinking you know i've done some fortunate enough to do some brilliant things with healthily and um, i'm more of a person who will come in and either build or transform an organization i kind of I, i'd done that with the company so um, you know it's time to maybe move and, and do that again um so first time it was more situation second time it was more like actually i think this is this this feels right to have this conversation. So in terms of confidence, I think the second time round it was a lot easier because I knew I was able to do it the first time around. The first time around it is it is tough, you know, there's, there's no doubt about it because there's a lot of uncertainties that you're dealing with. But luckily I have a really good network of, of people around me, husband, my family, some phenomenal mentors and who really helped, you know, uh, hold me up and go, you you can absolutely do this. And I think that's really important is have that network around you. It's absolutely essential. So that certainly helped with confidence. And also, actually on a basic level, I found that giving birth it made me realise how capable I am as a human being. I brought another human being into the world and I kept them alive, I was feeding feeding my daughter which was 13 months. So actually, getting a job, that's all right. It's do <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that that was a mentality shift. I feel my confidence after having children has just has rocketed. It's given me a whole new perspective on things, and it's good to check in with yourself and just think, you know, you've done some pretty amazing things being able to to have to have a child. So yeah, that kind of helped me psychologically deal with with that uh, that time in my life.
0: Definitely, and the practicalities of the job hunting. I don't know if you had to actually go to Tel Aviv. For your interviews, making time for all those conversations, updating your CV. How did you do that with a baby in town? Yeah, so I think actually when you're doing a search in leave, it tends, because time is poor,
1: right? You're, you're on demand pretty much all the way through the night and during the day. And it can make you um, very, very focused on what you want and what you don't want and how precious your time is. And I'd encourage people to really take a step back and think about that when they're doing a job search rather than doing a a sort of scattergun approach and applying for everything. You're going to get very exhausted with that. More chances than not, there's going to be no's than yeses, so that will impact your confidence. So be very focused in your search and strategic. Use your network. Engage with recruiters. Engage with companies that you're actually interested in and that you'd want to say yes to an offer, which you will. So those are some sort of key takeaways, I'd say, you know, really, really focus, focus on that when you're, when you're doing research. search.
0: You mentioned about engaging companies that you're interested in. Mm. How practically do you do that? You've okay. obviously seen it from both the HR director yeah. slash yeah. your applicant side.
1: Yeah, so I use LinkedIn, right? So LinkedIn, um, reach out directly to people, managers, directors, and um, the people team. You can and say, look, I'm searching at the moment. I'm interested in your company. I like this about the product. It's selling, selling yourself, right? So you as on the receiving end of that, you sit up and go, that's really interesting. Okay, they, they really want to work here. This is super. Um, let's just initially even have a, a conversation or a coffee. So that's one thing. And leverage your network. So if it's even first connection, second connection, can you put me in touch with, with that person? That could be a decision maker in the process. So that, that's something that can be mega helpful. And don't be shy, right? I think it's very easy to be shy about this. The worst case scenario, somebody can say no. And more chances than not, they'll say yes or no, I can't help, but I know somebody else who can. So just give it a go and see what happens. And it's sort of being, being a bit bold with that. It's the face. I mean, shy lasses getting out, right? So it just just go for it like take that leap of faith and you'll find as well that will unleash a confidence in you and it can really help your search and help sell yourself in that role as well
0: and can you give us an example of what you would actually write in such a LinkedIn message I think Mm. a lot of people will be quite motivated what you're saying but then not be so sure
1: how to do it sure the ideal thing is if you do see a role on LinkedIn or the advertised elsewhere. So you're contacting the the recruiter, the HR director. You know, that then it's a sort of a, a softer intro. So it's like I saw this role that came up on your your website. I really engaged with your product. I like it for X reasons. You know, it sparks this interest because I would love to have a follow up conversation with you or someone else in the team would that be possible so if you actually state would this be possible it's a it's a question It's a call for action so that that actually helps somebody to try and respond more likely and try and make it short i I receive a lot of emails whether it's just from a business development perspective or otherwise and they're super long and i've got the time to look at it so make it short punchy and catch the attention so that's something this is like next level and if you maybe if you're in a creative space this might be quite quite um quite appealing I don't know I haven't done this myself but even like recording a video clip and sending it that makes people sit up and listen it depends on the, the, the field that you're in so it's a, a definitely way of
0: catching attention so that could be something that might be helpful interesting so I've heard people say to record video clips for a LinkedIn message. I've still I haven't done it, but I can see how it could be very engaging, and I definitely look at that a lot more than than a written message myself. And more and more organisations do tend to put on a lot on their website. So one of our the people in my network has recently asked me whether it's okay to ask for a call even if the organisation has put on an information webinar. And they've put on lots of resources on the website. What would your advice be in that situation? So I think
1: that's one thing that's important. So if the information is already there, you're just gonna get immediately sent sent to the, the website on FAQs. If however you're in a situation where you know you do have got a, a question that's of interest and can be sort of in a, a good intro into, into the organization, then Yes, you've got to kind of almost a free path to get to get and start that conversation. One thing I would say as well is if you don't get a response that's fine, you know maybe maybe do one more follow-up and, but then maybe not on the right time or for whatever reasons, use that time elsewhere and um, the the networking is so important, especially the sort of senior you get in your role. So if you're starting to think about thinking of something new and maybe moving on you know, have that close network of people um, that you can reach out to and say, No, maybe it's time for the, the next adventure. Just keep me in your keep me in your sort of peripheral vision if anything comes your way. I've been successful getting roles like that in the past. So it doesn't necessarily have to be I need a job right now. Of course it can be that situation, but it can be that sort of softer pipelining um that's in that's important. There's a huge piece as well around um, your own um, own brand right and and how you know you you present yourself and how you interact with with your network and so you know i think when yes there's the immediate job search that you will need to focus on at times but try and think ahead you know so for the next the job after this job after the next job you know how are you presenting yourself in the workplace and ensuring that you've got that mega corridor rep- reputation that people will immediately think of you when a job comes up and um, one one sort of actually point in terms of the practicalities of the search the more senior roles become that you usually end up doing six to eight interviews now that can be challenging right especially if you're looking after a little person so obviously leveraging the people around you who can look after the little your your little one for a moment but actually, it's a really good litmus test of the organisation if you need to do an interview or a follow-up call and your child's there. So at both Healthly and Stream Elements, I had calls when I was feeding my child because I had to, because my husband had to be at his work. And you know what? That's that's just modern life and I'm bringing my whole self to the organisation. You know, I'm going to work my off there there's time when I need to look after my children, right? And it was a great litmus test for me, just fortuitously, that I had such a warm reception to that. I was lucky with the leaders of those organisations that, you know, they've, they've been in a, you know, similar boat. They know what it's like to have a family. It does help, I think, if, if the people that you're going to be working close with have, have had a family or, you know, caring responsibilities. You know, it, it's a great way of just seeing how... People will be able to flex in some instances or how they care about you as an individual rather than just a cog in a wheel that's going to deliver something. So that was really reassuring for me in the processes with both of these companies.
0: Hmm. So basically, have a child in the background of any <laughs> injuries happens? in order to test whether or not. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, and it wasn't even deliberate. I remember actually with my um,
1: an interview with Gil, who's the CEO of Stream Elements, family man, and my daughter decided she was just milling around. My daughter decided that, well, actually, no, she had chicken pox. She was off. She had chicken pox. She decided at the time that she absolutely had to see mummy, and she came in and she sat on my knee, and I had a conversation with, with my to be my future boss, and he was great with it. And he was like, you know, thanks, thanks so much. We had a good chat. We finished our the conversation. It's like, look, fine. No worries. <laughs> go, and, go, go and have time with your children. So that was a brilliant sign for me that you've got an inclusive employer who just who gets it. And that's really important. I have had the, the opposite in some instances when I've there's one role um, I in company and spoke with um, in, the, in the not too uh, distant past too you love me in the process gee we love you we think you're great and we'll find around as soon as we start talking about children it just it just came up naturally it just changed the whole dynamic of the conversation now who's to know who's to know really you know there's a lot of hypothesis out there you know was what did that really change the dynamic of the conversation talking about children but it just didn't feel it didn't feel right and you know, I'd say for those that are looking and if you experience that, something that just feels a bit off because you mention you have children um, you've dodged a bullet. Mm. That's their problem. Right. And, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a rejection. It's a redirection. Cheesy phrase, but it's, it's so true. And I, you know, I count my lucky stars for any interactions I've had with companies that have been a
0: little bit borderline with that. It saved everybody a lot of time. Absolutely. So basically, have a child on your lap at the early stages of the interviews in order to make sure that you're reading out any employers who are not that supportive. I love it. I want to come back to your tip around making sure your network are looking out for you. Mm. Again, a lot of people know that that's important, but it just takes some... There's a barrier. People don't feel comfortable. Can I ask... What exactly do you tell your network? Who do you tell? What exactly is the message that you send? And what's in the email, if you don't mind saying?
1: I'd say not an email. I'd say not an email. So have a conversation. I had more conversations with my two children when I'm walking with them in the pram than I can possibly imagine. And I use that time, be, they'd be sleeping in the pram. I'd be going for a walk. My brain seems to go on like ultra efficiency mode when I'm walking. Push with the pram, I don't know why, and I make sure I have those calls, talking to my network. I'm just saying, you know. So, if I think about the the, the most the most sort of recent instance, I spoke I spoke to a um, a friend's network and just said, you know, friend within my network. I just said, um, yeah, I'm thinking thinking of potentially it's it's time to try, you know, a, a new adventure. I'm super happy where I am. Absolutely love it. You know, wonderful people and it's it's been a, a wonderful journey and opportunity so far but just kind of putting the feelers out um if you do hear of anything that's really interesting you know my areas that i'm good at are x y and z just give me a yell give me a shout as i said there's no massive you know burning platform if you know anything let me know and as a consequence actually within this this specific instance i was introduced to stream element a conversation happened on the back of that. So, you know, leveraging that network is really important. And also, with your network, people that have worked with you before, they are going to be, I hope they're going to be, your best advocate, right? They will have seen you in the day to day, they will have seen how you're a very capable, competent person and are able to, as well, help the sell of you to that organization. So, it's like Uber referencing. So the power of networks is huge, absolutely huge. I would say as well, and an important point I've realised in my sort of later career with your network is, is having those people that are really very supportive of you and the kind of the, the, the journey that you're going through. Um, so they can actually, when, when there are times when you're feeling, gosh, oh, you know, this is a lot, taking on a lot here. Um, they're great at reminding you, you know, what, what you're capable of doing and that you can go for it. And you can do, do a cracking job in the future. So, you know, actually, if I, if I think about, so if I think about Andy Bellas, so he is um, a general partner with State of My Ventures. He has become a, a mate. He's an amazing friend and a mentor, and he is, is just superb at, he's got two girls so it's very it's very important to him that he's you know behind women empowerment in the workplace He is a superb um advocate and reminder of you know just you're capable of doing a great thing so it's lovely to hear from your husband say for instance you know yeah, you've got this gene, you can go for it. You know, this is, if I think about, you know, my, my role with Stream Elements, it's a big role. You know, we've, we've got you, we've got behind you. Um, it's also nice to, you know, have that, you know, well done, you've got this, you can do a great job from somebody who's work with professionally as well. So that's very good. And also, actually, if you think about your, you going on about this, but I've been fortunate to have a lot of really good people around me who, who've been in support. sports. Um, you know building those those good relationships with your bosses right so when I think about my relationship with um, Mateo baluki's the CEO of healthily and um, he has been a, a super a superb mentor for me and gave me a load of confidence when I started working with his company and um, the, the work we partnered on very closely in developing our you know employer brand and value proposition we work very much in partnership. And he was excellent at giving that feedback of, you know, where you're going well, where you can do better, immensely,
0: immensely helpful. So yeah, that's it. Get good people around you. And be those good people for others, I would say. that I think that's the other element of it because just last week I had a conversation which I thought, like, I wasn't sure whether I should even have it because I was quite busy and I thought, well, surely I'm, I can only tell her things that she already knows. And I had this mm-hmm. conversation with a colleague from years back and I could tell it was very transformational for her or at least she said so and she kept thanking me and I think the impact of just telling someone I know you've got this don't worry it's going to be fine maybe in slightly more words that can make such an impact And I think we should all be that for other people.
1: If there's no harm for us at all from it at all um, and making that positive dent in somebody's life um, at that time is, is so integral One thing I would say, actually, it's kind of jumping ahead a little bit to, you know, once you you secure a role, it's you know making sure that as soon as you you do get that role and say there's a bit of a break between accepting the offer and then starting, as was with me in, in both instances, take the time to get to know your new colleagues so your first day doesn't feel like your first day and you're aware of some of the issues that are about, that are going on. Getting to know the personalities that you're going to be working with. Now, if that means again, it's the pram walking time, which is, is that my my sacred time. You know, spend half an hour talking to somebody on the phone when you when you're walking with your baby with with baby, and then the transition into that new world, that new life, is remarkably smoother. And if I think about, so with, with Gail, my new boss, we, with CEO of First Stream Elements, we we'd spoke for a couple of months before I started. And that was fantastic because when we started, we kind of knew each other a little bit better. And if you we've know, had one instance where my, my daughter, she had a terrible stomach bug. Absolutely awful. About six weeks into joining, and because I would already been built to build those foundations with Gil, he knew he could trust me, and I could trust him. In those kind of situations, it was a Friday. I was able the afternoon, I was able to look after my daughter, and make up time later on. But he was able to be like, "Please, do, don't worry about it. No problem. You know, you've all got this. It's absolutely fine." So you've already built that kind of emotional equity between each other. Which I think is really important, getting that trust early on. So, if the unexpected happens, like a sickness, it's going to happen. Then you've already got fertile ground that those seeds of trust are growing. You know.
0: Mm -hmm. And how did you set up those boundaries? A lot of the times, I know you're working quite forward-thinking companies, but also, by the sound of it, in reasonably young companies, where not everyone has children, and so. There is something about setting the expectations, I presume, that you also have a life outside of work. How did you practically approach that and how did you even negotiate for flexible working before starting? Well, I
1: mean, it's quite interesting. You say it's a presumption that it's young, but actually it's very varied in both of the organisations. We have people who are in their sort of early 20s all the way up to their 50s and 50s. So it is very varied. In terms of, and I would say less boundaries, right? I have an issue with this word boundary because I don't think that, you know, in the modern working world, I actually think the work-life balance is actually not a particularly helpful phrase either. I prefer, it's a bit of the Bezos thing and you're saying, you know, how your work-life complement each other. So you're able to pick up and drop off at different parts of your life, your working life and your, um, your home life. So I tend to work with companies that like to treat individuals as adults and manage their time, which is really helpful. So when you're doing your search as a parent, try and seek out these organisations. It's really important because it'll be the gift that keeps on giving to your sanity in your life. Um, it's just simple conversations, right? To say, you know, the individual, the, the companies obviously need to, need to know that you're conscientious and that you will get on with your job and you deliver on what you say you will, right? And you agree kind of up front what the scope of that work is going to be. That's quite helpful and anticipate the timelines for that and factor in some potential slippage if something does happen. So I think it's just talking about those expectations up front is very helpful in brokering how you complement each other and um, I think of an exercise that actually we do and I, I recommend to all teams and it's a it's a README document so you you it's effectively like a user manual for how you work and how you go on about your life and it talks about you know hours I usually work when you know I'm derailing when you know I'm doing really well or when I need help these are the signs to look for so having these upfront conversations really do help paves the path for a more productive working environment did you say there was a template somewhere
0: or is it I just a- i can
1: share it with you i can share it with you it's a wonderful template no
0: pressure if it's not publicly you know, allowed but it sounds extremely interesting
1: pay it forward if this document has been a godsend in team building whether it's with sort of direct team members or you know peers etc it is a phenomenal exercise so I'll definitely share that with you. Anybody who's listening to this who wants to go it as well, I'm happy send them a coffee. It's a cracking document.
0: That sounds amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So coming to that transition to actually starting your new senior role, which is starting a new job, is intensive. Mm-hmm. And your child going into childcare is intensive. And they always pick up bugs in that first four weeks, isn't it? They always do. Do you have any reflections, in hindsight, what helped you to transition mm. as well as possible?
1: Yeah, I want to add something else in here that I don't think is being spoken about, and it shocked me. so I was feeding our son because I fed my daughter when I sort of gradually stopped feeding Aurora, it, there wasn't much of a hormone drop. it kind of it was like a kind of a mutual uncoupling and it kind of all just phased off quite quite nicely. My son different ball game. So he he started to bite. There we go. I'm over sharing world. He started biting I'm like, I can't do this. This is too much. This is absolutely too much. I've just started a new job. He's not really enjoying the feeding anymore. I don't think he's getting enough calories as well. And this is all becoming a bit stressful. So there was a more sort of sudden stop and an aggressive cliff. And the hormone drop I received was absolutely shocking. It was absolutely shocking. So It was like PMT, like plus, plus, plus. I can't even articulate it. I mentioned this to some of my girlfriends and like, oh, yeah, that's happened to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? nobody says this. Nobody says this. So I'm saying it. So if you're thinking (laughs) the feeding situation that you might be the easing off or you know how that's actually going to work off when you're going to stop try and do it before you start your job if that's possible that feeding piece if that's sort of bubbling around the idea and that's i'd say just for your own welfare really important and if you are suddenly hitting a wall hormone wall with it get help mention it because you have developed that stronger working relationship with the people around you, because you've already kind of paved that path of the relationship, you know, use your discretion, but also, you know, be honest about it. And, you know, I've, I can think of within my, my company now as to people, I said, look, I'm finding this. I'm physically, right now, I'm finding it, the reaction to stopping feeding my son quite tough. So just bear with me. I'm okay, I'm getting through it, but I'm not on my A game today. So please just give me a bit of wiggle and like, of course. Do. Don't worry about it. It's no problem. What can we do to help? Fantastic if you are a working one. Absolutely fantastic. But you know, I'd say feel empowered and um, have those conversations and any employers out there who are listening to this conversation, support your people when they're coming back from maternity leave. Right. Have, you know, if you're in the HR space, have that check-in with people. Or you're a line manager, have that check in. How are you doing? How are you? Are you alright? If you notice that somebody's bed off, you don't seem yourself. Is there anything I can do? So bringing that human first to work. So I'm, I'm proud to say with Stream management we have a lot of women returning from potentially and potentially leave, maternity leave, and they've gone actually into new senior roles. And you know we're really trying to build out programs that can help that. Um, and it's the day to day. You know we're, we're learning. We're still learning, right? But I think just having that awareness as an employer that something that we really, really want to do better isn't important. So, yeah, I've got to get my soapbox about this, but I just think it's really important to recognise there's a lot of work that's been done there at the moment with about, you know, women in the workplace who are experiencing the menopause or, you know, the legislation that's just been passed in Spain about those taking say, leave
0: periods. So we need to have these conversations, and I'm a real advocate for it. I cannot tell you how glad I am you're saying that because I was definitely one of those people thinking, well, is it just, is it just me? And I think that is such a thing. I, I mean, I've, I don't think I've googled it, but there's no official. This is what's going to happen to your body as you're stopping breastfeeding, and it's such an intensive thing. I'm really glad. Thank you so much for being so honest, and I think it's a good thing to watch out for. And you might not experience it, and that's okay as well. But if be ready that you might experience it. Yeah. Just be prepared. It's a
1: bit like you know, day three after you give birth, right? I personally, I went bonkers the first time, less so. Than the time. But I was just, I was just like a mess in my kitchen, sobbing at my husband because we couldn't get out at all. I think I mentioned this the last time, but it was a real turning point for me. It was like I've, I've got to go easy on like overscheduling our life, and I've got to just take each step at a time. And I'd say with this instance, it's kind of like a new version of over that situation where you're going, okay, each step at a time, each day at a time, I can't go home in a day, go easy on myself, and this time will pass, right? This time will pass, and you're going to be okay.
0: Thank you. And is there anything else that helped you or that was important to you this time around transitioning back into this new role? No, I I think I've, I've mentioned the main thing, so building relationships,
1: before you actually start your first day so it doesn't feel like a first day. So just trying to factor in that time when your time is is very scarce, but using those opportunities when you're walking a baby or just just having having chats there, that will be the gift that keeps on giving. because Your relationships will be more solid when you start. Um, Self-care. Summarize again. Look after yourself, even if it's just half an hour here or there. Take that time. It is so, so important. And do try to get some contingency plans in place, you know, have a conversation with your partner or those that are caring, but if your child needs to come home because they've inevitably picked up some kind of from nursery, then you've got a plan in place on who who is going to be able to look after your, your little one if you can't do it right then and there a tip you know we, we certainly did with my daughter she just seemed to be getting all kinds of bugs when she started nursery and it was we worked it my husband and i we tag teamed so it wasn't necessarily i have to take a full day of work out or he has to take a full day out but we would sort of do every couple of hours so we do it in shifts so that's something if you and if you're a company can if you can do it that way that can be quite helpful I would say as well, you know, it kind of links in back to the search, but remote working. Oh, my goodness. My search was focused on remote working. I am a remote worker probably for life now. I absolutely love it. It really helps the family and helps women, men, carers, I think, have successful careers and be able to contribute to building our greater economy. Right? Why not go big on this? So I would say if you're a new parent thinking, going back to work, doing the job search, do have a think about companies that are more remote first. It will make your life easier. It will, in my humble opinion. And, you know, employers try and think remote first, it really does help keep, you know, a, a wonder maintainer, some great brains in the organisations that
0: you're trying to create. And is there a good place to look for a remote first organisation or is just that something to raise with the recruiter or look on the website? Yeah,
1: so look on the website, speak with recruiters about it and have that as a criteria. Working startups, they're going to tend to be a bit more remote first, actually. Interestingly enough, the larger corporates, there seems to be a big push for people to come back into the office. So actually startups can offer a lot more flexibility and often international startups are very helpful as well because in many cases, you might be chasing the sun, right? But you can kind of pick up and pick up work at different stages of the day so if i think about the company i'm working for now it's with stream elements we have people who it's highly flexible work so you know that we know that you know people are going to be looking after their kids from three to six or three to seven but they'll pick up and do work in the afternoon which later on which is helpful with the us so actually international companies can be super helpful startups for that more flexible working, flex working, which you wouldn't necessarily think of initially, but there
0: is a huge opportunity there with startups to do that and scale up as well. Interesting. My question is, what are you doing in order to make a mark at the very beginning while at the same time looking after yourself and not completely exhausting yourself in that first 60 days or 90 days in a new job?
1: I think it's use the research that you've gathered so far in that discovery stage right, of of pre-start conversation. Or if there's not much lead time, allow for that time, at least one or two weeks, to really gather information about the organization. So when you're moving forward with different plans, they're informed plans, right? That will help build credibility amongst your peers amongst the organization as a whole take that time to strategize how you're going to move forward you know why you're doing something how you're going to do it who's involved and just be very deliberate and intentional and in how your plans and how you're going to move forward with which other job you're actually doing so it's very very easy to go oh, i've got to go and do all of these things and i'll you know, I've done that myself. Right? You're like, wow, I've got everything to do, and there's loads of bright lights. Just need to move forward with everything. Give your head a wobble, take a step back, ruthlessly prioritize. Find out what the wins are going to be. You know, whether they're, they're small marginal gains, and then we'll unlock bigger things, or whether you tackle something really big, and then it ends up mushrooming lots of other other mini wins from that. But ultimately, be intentional about what your wins are. And then and then just go for it, and it will really help pave the successful path. Hopefully, at the company that you're going to be you're going to be with. Hmm.
0: That's excellent advice. And if people want to find out more about you, or connect with you, or find out more about your company, where should they go? Yeah. So please contact
1: me directly. I'm on LinkedIn. Regular user of LinkedIn, and my connection requests are wide open. So so do that. Um, I love to hear from people. I love to help pay forward any experiences or knowledge that you know I have.
0: So you're pushing an open door with me and I'd I'd love to be able to help in any way that I can. Fantastic. And we always finish our podcast with one or two practical things someone could do within five minutes around the topic of the conversation. So one or two practical things someone could do right now in order to start job hunting while on maternity or shared parental leave. So,
1: work out very definitely the kind of company you want to work for. So, your non-negotiables, your negotiables, and what you really want, because that will help drive your search in the most time-efficient way. That will also help you keep your mind and your sanity, which is very important, getting little sleep as it is so I'd say that's a that's a, a top tip on that and I'm going to go back to self-care and there's a, there's a theme developing here now of when you're looking for a new role and you're thinking of a, a, a new a new chapter in your life just make sure that you go easy on yourself right searches take time It can take three six months sometimes to find a job if you're not getting interviews straight away that's Fine. The right thing will come along. Try and learn why maybe those interviews aren't coming your way. Maybe they're not the right company for you. I really do believe that fate has a way of helping you in the right direction. You know, do your homework, do your due diligence, and be smart about how you're applying for these roles. Try and make the best informed decisions you can about your future. And then it's just up to fate. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Chelsea. It was a pleasure having you back on. Oh, it's, it's, it's delightful. Thank you so much. And you know, thank you for all that you're doing for, for working parents. You know, It makes a huge difference. I know it has, it has certainly in, in these sort of last four years of my life. So thank you for your podcast and what you do for this community.
0: Well, likewise, Jardine, as you know, you've been very wonderful as a mentor to our fellows and as a podcast guest and general champion, supporter, helper, outer, really appreciate it. So I'm sure we'll keep talking. Absolutely. All the very best, Rina. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast and you think a non-judgmental community of support would be really helpful to you, then I would love to hear from you as an application to the Leaders Plus Fellowship Programme. As you know properly, this is designed to help you to identify where you want your career to head and will give you lots of support and encouragement along the way. And then most importantly, to help you make it possible to get there practically whilst being present with your family in whatever way you want that to be. Previous fellows have said it made them take really courageous steps that they never thought possible and also that they made lifelong friends and connections. In our last cohort, more than half have got promoted or got additional senior responsibility by the end of the programme. And that's particularly impressive because most of them work part-time or flexibly. Plus, I think they've all got quite maverick in a good way. They're all involved in some shape or form of driving vital change for working parents, be that mentoring other parents, be that changing policy in their organisations, whatever fits at that moment in their lives. It only takes about half a day a week Uh, Sorry, (laughs) that would be a lot. Half a day a month. So I think it's more than doable. It's been designed with parents in mind. You can find all the details on leadersplus.org.uk forward slash cross-sector fellowship. And also, if you want us to talk to your employer, to your organisation about offering this to their employees, i.e. you, then let me know and my colleague Joe or I can have a conversation with them. My email is verina at leadersplus.org.uk. On a completely unrelated note, I also feel passionate about gender equality in podcasting, and I've recently learned that the top, you know, 100 podcasts, etc., is extremely male-dominated. I think 90% male-dominated or something like that, depending on what stat you look at. And I thought that needs to change urgently. So, if you want to help and <laughs> push forward female-led podcasts, then first of all, listen and share female-led podcasts. And if you think this podcast is, is good and useful, then also do share that, leave reviews and do all those things that increases the algorithm's prominence. So, yeah, for example, a WhatsApp or signal message to some friends with a link to the podcast is always very welcome and very helpful. And hopefully it will help us smash this particular glass ceiling in the podcast world. See you next week and thank you so much for your support.